Hello, friends. Welcome to the Relationship 411 podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kevin. We've been married for 25 years, and we've seen the best of times, and we've seen the worst of times. We also have four awesome kids who are growing up and leaving our nest. We've loved doing this podcast, and we're excited for it to continue. We don't have it all figured out, but we do have a lot of life experiences. Since becoming a life coach, I'm so excited to share with you the tools I've learned to help you in this journey we call life. Welcome. We hope everyone's having an awesome day today. Today, our podcast is on just some things that Kevin and I have been working on in our marriage. I feel like the past month or so, we just have had a lot of like conversations about different topics. And so we want you to know that we're a work in progress and we are still working on all sorts of things personally, as a couple, individually, anyways, with our family. So we just brainstormed a couple things that we kind of wanted to talk about in a small amount, a small amount of time. And then maybe when we get more yeah, versed I mean, in it, we're going to talk more about it. <laughs> yeah, just kind of showing people like we're keeping it real too. It's like we when we say we don't have this whole thing figured out and we're a work in progress, we're like, that's legit. And I, you know, I said someone the other day that I saw they were having some struggles in their, their marriage and they've been listening to our podcast and they're asking me all these marriage tips. I'm like, man, I, shit, I'm trying to put my marriage, like, keep it together. Like, I have no idea. Like, I, we we just do a podcast and share stuff. We know, like, I'm not a counselor. It's like, you know, um, it's like I manage money. If you want to talk about that, like, great. But so anyway, yeah, we're just trying to be vulnerable. But I it, could totally help them, babe. You can as a life coach. Seriously, that's I mean, your specialty is amazing. Working with women, um, with all that, and I think that you do an amazing job. And I mean, the feedback. I don't know who your clients are, but just the feedback that I, I can kind of get from you and hear you kind of see differences you're making in people's lives, it's amazing. So yeah, we're just trying to keep it real and just trying to, we're going to throw out a couple different things that we're working on right now. So I've been reading this book called The State of Affairs, and this is where I heard this concept, and it's from Esther Perel. Anyways, I think that's how- How do you spell the last name? P-E-R-E-L. Okay. Just so, the, just so yeah. that people can find and it. And it's rethinking infidelity. So the state of affairs, rethinking infidelity. And so, just so everybody knows, this is like live too. Like <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, this is not planned or scripted. So this will be good to see what comes out. But in this book, it really, I had like an epiphany moment. And she talks about asking investigative questions versus interrogative questions. And I realized, ooh, I'm really good at asking interrogative questions questions. And I really need to start being better for my sake, for my husband's sake, for my kid's sake, being more curious. And I think when you ask an investigative question, it gathers information, it builds trust. It comes from a place of curiosity, don't you think? It it does. And and I'll just kind of give our listeners kind of a little bit of a background is that, so sometimes we'll sit down and let's just say hypothetically this happened last night because it did. <laughs> and Jennifer can come across sometimes and ask questions wanting to know something. This is my perception, wanting to know something, but will fire off. Like it's kind of a joke between me and the kids. It's like you'll fire off about seven questions before you've even answered the first one. Where were you? How'd you do? What's going on? Like where's the, what'd you eat for dinner? Like who brought you home? You're like, wow, can I, let me just get one of those out. And sometimes, particularly if, you know, Jennifer has a, she thinks she's got a spider sense that (laughs) tingles or something. And all of a sudden these questions start to become, in my mind, interrogative. 
And what happens is when you start firing off questions and wanting to know specifics and answers, I, I feel like literally the person like in the, the like the dark room and the lights like shined on them. You're like it, on trial. I'm on trial. <laughs> and I'm just like, and then what happens is I start even getting defensive. And then Jennifer picks up this vibe. She's like, why are you so defensive? I'm like, I don't know. Like you're just peppering me with questions. And it's like, I feel like I'm backed in a corner. And so- I feel guilty even if I haven't done anything. If I have or have, I still just feel guilty and just like whatever. And I'm just like, so this is kind of the the genesis of the interrogative questions and the um, investigative questions. And I'm glad you found this in the book. And Yeah, it just was so helpful because I don't want to be the interrogator. I don't want to be the police, right, um, with my kids or my husband or myself. And so I think it was just so such an epiphany for me. And I think I figured out with my kids, like I used to drive them to and from school, and I'd always be like, hey, tell me two highs and one low. And we could have a, it kind of was a conversation instead of saying like, how was your day? Or what did you do today? But I think there's lots of ways to ask a question to make it come from a place of curiosity as opposed to a place of suspicion. Right. And we talked about this is to say, I've found, and and babe, correct me if I'm wrong, but like when this starts to get interrogative, it seems to get very specific. Right. Like, what, where were you at at two o'clock today? It's like, I, I don't even know. Like, why was your phone turned off? To, I, I, I don't, oh, uh, we, I turned it off because we were doing a recording at the office. And then I started to think like, oh my gosh, I have no witnesses. Or I need, I need to bring like six witnesses to the stand to say, did everybody see me here at the office and we were recording that? And so that, well, why are you so suspicious? And why did you turn your phone? I was like, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm backed in the corner, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like the warden is getting ready to lock me up. So instead, we talked about having broader questions, like give me a couple highlights about your day. What are a few things you know you want to discuss about your day? What made your day great today? Something like that. And then I can share with you whatever information I want to, as opposed to like you drilling down so deep on one specific right. And it takes all the pressure off of me. And I probably don't want to know all the details anyways, but it comes oh, across. You, you probably do. <laughs> it comes across as that I do. And of course, sometimes it's, that's my insecurity, right? That's my fear coming out. And so why do you do that? So let's just I, let listeners, just, like, we're just keeping it real. And why do you get? I think it's my fear of what if, but I realize that's impossible. Like, If someone wants to do something, they can find a way to do it. They can leave their phone at the office. They can. Yeah, so let's fill in the blank. Like when you say. If someone wants to have an affair, if someone wants to cheat on their wife, they are. Somebody wants to look at porn. Somebody has a gambling addiction. Somebody wants to hang out with their buddies. They want to go to the bar. They want to. They want to do something that they think that their spouse yeah. is not going to totally approve of. Or a woman wants to go spend thousands of dollars at Louis Vuitton or, you know, right. and they can't afford it or put lots of max out their credit card because she wants to look like the neighbor or whatever. Or she wants to go have an affair or yeah. she wants to go look at porn or she wants to go gamble. I mean, it's always the dude that has like, the, <laughs> like what if yeah, it's Yeah, well, it definitely is her sometimes because sure. they're... There's definitely women in the mix when an affair is happening. That's how it works. There's typically two people there. Yeah. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, of course, I know that like logically, but sometimes my brain doesn't, you know, I'm 
become so emotional and I go run from, you know, go to fear or, you know, what's wrong with me or insecurity. So all the feelings and emotions, it becomes all about me. And, but I try to make it all about you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so the interrogative questions versus investigative. And here's, here's the thing. Like if you've listened to our podcast before, go check out the do over. Cause we did a do over the other night. Um, I think it was probably last week when we were getting into all this, but you, um, you were laying in bed and I felt like you were asking a bunch of interrogative questions and I typically will get like irritated. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And like, why are we doing this at midnight? You know? And then you said, okay, I'm trying to practice here. What's another question I could ask? Let me, let me think about this question. And you did. So we, you had the do over. It was a tremendously different experience. I didn't feel backed in the corner. You got information out of me. We got to have a conversation. And it was ultimately connecting, which is what I want. I want to be connected with my husband, right? And so I think if you're not good at asking investigative questions, just practicing that. And if it comes out more interrogative, um, say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this again. And I think for me, it's just going to take practice and awareness and continue doing these things because it's going to help me in my relationship with my kids as well as my husband and as well as myself, right? Yeah, and and like we've we've had multiple conversations on this whole topic of, you know, interrogation versus investigative questions and coming out of curiosity and so it wasn't like, you know, one time that we've had this conversation it's over with. It's like no, it's a reoccurring theme that comes about and yeah. and then part of the thing that I've tried to do is acknowledge your insecurities. Like, why are you feeling this way? And how can I be better at, you know, helping you with that? And and I think some of it is is the fact that we, we did a podcast about this too, is that we can't control the other person. And babe, like you all the time, talk, I know I can't control you. <laughs> like you go like total like frontal cortex yeah. And all the things that you know. I'm like higher brain and then I go down into lower brain and anyways. Yeah. And and so, so yeah, we start thinking about, you know, feeling things and and when we start to get all up in our head, that's one of the phrases that we've been using lately too with one another is like, oh my gosh, the worst place in the world to live is just camp outside in your head. And I camp out in my head like a lot. And babe, I think you're kind of camping out in your head sometimes and all of a sudden it's terrible. I mean, it's just such a terrible place to go be at. And then when you put interrogative questions on top of it, it's like, Oh, good Lord. Like that's, <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because this hasn't come up. I don't think it's been an issue for a while, but for whatever reason this past month has been, maybe it was my birthday or something. I don't know. Oh, I, I just, you just, know, I, I think that happens. things surface, yeah. right? Things surface and, you know, and here's the thing, like, I started thinking, like, haven't we put this to rest? And, like, aren't we moving? To, like, apparently not. And so things resurface again. And and it takes a long time, right, yeah. to process. Yeah. And I think how you ask the question is really going to make all the difference. So if you if you struggle, continue trying and asking good questions. And as the spouse, like, try or to be better patient questions. while they're... While they're Doing, yeah. and, and it's not just the spouse, but look with kids. Yeah. Right? No kid wants to be peppered as soon as they can. Where were you? Where'd you go? Like, what did you do? Like, wh- tell me the seven people you were with. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's like, particularly like, you know, your, your teenagers, holy cow, they're going to, you know, think, oh, I never want to 
talk to my parents and I'm just going to straight to my room and as opposed to, hey, talk to me about your night, man. How was the dance? And they're going to tell you way more mm-hmm. if you do that yeah. than if you don't. So they feel, they feel like they're in a safer place versus it's like crap, you know, lights off, flashlight, right in the right. face. And I know this, and I just sometimes fall to my lower brain. Anyways. It's all right. It's all right. So, so that, that's one of the things we're yeah. working on. So another one, which, so I bought the book, and everyone needs to have this, is um, Brene Brown, Atlas of the Heart. And... She talks about all the emotions in detail, and we have a lot of emotions. I think sometimes we think love and hate, it's like, or anger. Like, we think we have five emotions, but really we have many, many emotions. And I think learning to be able to name your emotions. And the two that I'm going to talk about and that we're, we've been discussing is connection versus control. And how control is the near enemy of connection. And that is actually a Buddhist concept, the near enemy. So in our minds, we think to have connection with someone, we have to control them. Oof, we almost think <laughs> we almost think that it's like, okay, how can I control them? And but honestly, it creates the exact opposite of what you want. Yeah. In connection. And it's interesting because humans, we want connection, right? Yeah. And we need connection. She gives a quote that says, connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. Oh, say that again. That's really good. Connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. So we want all of our marriages to be this. And all of our relationships. And all of our relationships yeah. with our kids or people that we want to be in our inner circle. I'm, yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes some of these things we don't necessarily need from <laughs> yeah. everyone. There's some people I don't want connected with. Like, oh, I'm cutting the connection cord. Yeah. yeah, or it's just not as strong of a connection, right? Yeah. So by control, like in, in our world, and this is some of the things we've worked at, is to say, I've come... To say, you know what, like, I, I just like to have some freedom, meaning that, like, I don't want to be tracked on my phone where I'm at all the time, or who did I go to lunch with? I, I don't know, like, you know, buddies, like, you know, all of the detailed information or, like, control with everything that you've got to know about me. And sometimes I want some freedom, like, I just want to come home from work tonight, and I literally just want to go read my books and play some bathe, like, I love you. But like I've had a lot of you time. Can I just go chill out like in the office and go read? Or maybe I just want to go like watch the sports game just me by myself. Or maybe I want to go out with some buddies, like whatever, just to have a little bit of that freedom, not be a jerk about it, but a little bit of a freedom like goes a long way where if you want to feel close to me, you just want to bring me in and like have me even more control. And I'm like, that actually pushes me away even farther. And maybe it's because I'm a teenager or something, but it's like, that's kind of the similar concept, right? And so that's kind of what this started this. Yeah, and I think there's so many. I was just thinking of different ways that we try to control in a marriage. We can control financially. Um, men and women do this. But I think if the breadwinner usually is the person that I'm thinking of that can control the finances. And so it's like, hmm, I wonder why we're not feeling connected in our marriage. Well, maybe it's because, you know. Yeah, I'm not giving you enough money or... I want I want accountability of everywhere every penny goes whatever as opposed to saying look I'm doing a good job here you've given me money I've done a pretty good job of running this household like let me just go run this 
I don't need to have an accountability trail of everything, you know, with a spreadsheet and whatnot. Now, if I'm if I'm way out of line with stuff or I'm blowing budgets or you burn through money, it's like, hey, can we just have a conversation? Help me understand where money's going as opposed to I need details and, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, it's all how you ask. And then I was thinking sex is another way people control their relationships. Yep. And, you know, that we t- kind of talked about that a few months ago on our podcast. Even, like, people use sex as a weapon and, you know, you have to do these things if if I'm going to give you sex or whatever. So I think paying attention in your marriage and your relationship when you're feeling like you can control, you're trying to control the other person to meet a need of yours. Yeah. And I think if you can start becoming aware, because sometimes we're not even aware we do it, but if we can start noticing, okay, why am I trying to control that person? Chances are there's something going on with you and it's a it's a you issue, not a them issue, but we're trying to control them to make us feel better or to validate us or do something that we're not doing on our own. So it's just a huge, like, it's a little flag, a little like, oh, okay, this is what's going on for me. I'm feeling insecure, not confident. I'm feeling fat or whatever. And okay, this is my issue and I'm projecting it onto you. Yeah, and I can't speak for everybody, but for me... And I think there's a lot of, you know, at least a lot of guys like this. Maybe there's a lot of women that are like this. I don't know. But but I can tell you the more that I have freedom, the more I want to be connected, the more I want to be at home, the more I would ever – if I feel like I have to do something like that, man, it, it's like you just stuff me in a box and it's like I don't want to be stuffed in a box. Yeah, and I think for kids, I mean, you, teenagers are so perfect. The more you tell them all the things they have to do – it's like the rebellious, right? Yeah. It's like they rebel because honestly, we were put on earth to have free agency and to have the freedom. Yet it's so hard sometimes to actually, in your living in a family or relationship scenario, to let that go because somehow we think if we control the situation, we won't have anything bad happen, right? Yeah. We're trying to control right. our feelings right. and things and that is not useful or helpful and is not going to create the connection, which is what we really want. And it's not realistic. Yeah. Like you, you say all the time, like, I love this. You're like, okay, I can't control it. Like you just like, it's like a mantra you're speaking to yourself, right? But it's like, yeah, you know all the things up in your head and, and you'll say like, I can't control this or I can't control that, but we all want to, right? We all want to right. control something. But I promise the more you practice and get your head and your heart and figure that out and get quicker at awareness, the more you can be more less controlling and more connecting. Yeah, and and again, I I think that that's exactly right from a, from a person that doesn't want to be controlled, that's kind of a a big deal to say I'll I'll want to be in. I choose to be in versus like you're stuffing me in the box. Yeah, and who wants a marriage like that? No Nobody. one. Nobody. And you think, I mean, Marriages all the time, and because someone was more control, you know, yeah. and it can women can be controlling as well as men. So it happens, it, or sometimes both of you are. I mean, for sure, both of you are at one yeah. time or another. It's just human nature, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a question in the last few minutes we've got. Um, tell me something that you're working on personally. So we shared with the listeners two different things we're working on in our marriage. Stay tuned. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think we're working through stuff really well. But like, tell me, what's one thing you're working on personally yourself? Yeah. So every year I like to pick a word. And I've been doing that, I think, this is like my fourth year. 
And my word this year was consistency. And when I thought of that, I I just want to start doing things consistently, not perfectly. And I was thinking like with eating better, exercising. So not say, okay, I'm going to exercise this many times a week, this many hours every day or whatever, but I'm just going to be consistent because I felt like if I could continue being consistent, I am going to make so much more progress instead of me saying, I'm going to exercise five days a week. And then after the first month, I'm like, I've only exercised five times in the whole month and then stopping because that's kind of like how my mind works. So I'm like, I'm just going to be consistent. I'm going to be consistent in my business on posting on Instagram and sending out emails and doing our podcast and getting the word out that, you know, I can help people. I want to help people. So I just thought in my life, I'm going to be consistent at making dinner, at picking up the house or whatever, just different things that I want to do in my life. And if I focus on the consistency, I'm going to end the year hopefully so much better than when I started. Yeah, I, I love that. And candidly, you're, you're much more of a plotter. Like you're, you're a person that like literally will run the marathon. You're not going to go win the marathon with your time, but like you're going to finish it and you're going to finish it well and you're going to feel good about it. Like you're great at that. Like I am much more – I'd run the marathon and like a bunch of sprints, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just kind of that consistent pace. And so I love that word for you is consistency. And I think you're just kind of built for that, to be honest. Yeah, um, hopefully. I've never had the word before. So, I mean, I think probably in my life, but I'm really focused on it, which I like. So I like having the word because it helps me focus on one thing and I can use it in all aspects of my life. Yeah, no, I love it. And you gave great examples. So what are you working on? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know this was coming. So I am working on understanding who I really am. Like, who am I? Not not the story that has been told about me, not whatever, but like, who am I really? And like, what are really my interests? And like, quit living my life for everybody else. Um, I mean, for decades, I lived my life probably to seek praise from you, from other people, validation from work to whatever, and just to say, who am I really? And what really do I enjoy? What do I do? Because other people just, that's that's what they think what's I should. What's expected? Or? What's expected or, you know, what they think I should be doing. And instead, I wanted to say, like, to thine own self, be true and just kind of own that. And, and then also, once I discover all good and bad, right? Well, I don't even say good and bad. I'm just going to say like, this is just who I am. Like, this is how God created me. This is all of you. This is all of me. And then to love all of me Mm -hmm. as as opposed to saying, you know, oh, I hate this about myself or I hate that. Like, you know what? No, if, you know, like love your pasty white skin, man. That's what I got. Like, I'm not, I am not going to be bagging rays or entering a copper tone you know, tanning competitions like that. I know. I, know. I was expecting that from I you. I know. Babe. I know. I'm not. And, <laughs> and so it's like learning to love that and just knowing who you are, strengths and and weaknesses and vulnerabilities, and just say, look, I'm just love all of that and being able to be true and real with myself. Um, I think is going to be huge. And to learn, I think hopefully then I can learn to like love yourself, yeah. right? Because then you understand who you are and. 
say this is, I'm embracing all of this, mm -hmm. no matter what society says or people think or whatever. And I'm not going out to be crazy people. <laughs> I mean, it's just to say, you know what, like truthfully, like am I a book reader? Yeah. I don't know. Do I like to read books or is it just something like, I feel like I should read more books. Okay, then read more books. And if you're not a book reader, quit cramming the square peg into a round hole. Do you like to exercise? Do you like to eat well? Do you like to go out with friends? Do you not like to go out with friends? Are there certain friends you like to go out with more than others? Do you like going, you know, whatever it is, like I'm just trying to figure all of that out and then just lean into it and embrace it and then just say, comma for now. Like yeah. that's where I'm at today and knowing I'm evolving and changing all the time and to love me right where I'm at and know that God loves me right where I'm at. And my wife loves most of me right where I'm at. I'm just kidding, babe. You're you're amazing. You're super supportive. So that's that's kind of yeah. On. I love that, and I think more people. We all need to be doing this work, right? And I think what a great gift to give yourself as you turn fifty. I know, and and candidly, like as I start to explore this, I'm envisioning like this box that I'm opening up. I'm like, oh shit, I do not <laughs> think I want to go explore like who am I really and what do I really like and. Because there's probably going to be some ugly spots to to say, is, is this really me? And you might say, yeah, man, that that's really kind of who I am today. And and just kind of love that is to say, no, I I don't want to go do more triathlons. Or you say, no, I want to do more of them. Like, mm -hmm. who is that? And, yeah. And you know, I, what an empowering thing, right? Yeah. And it's very inspiring. And I'm really grateful that you're going on this journey. Yeah. Thanks, babe. I love you. Love you too. If you want more relationship tips, get on my email list, lifecoachgen2.0 at gmail.com or go to my website, relationship411podcast.com and sign up for a free consultation to get more personal help with your relationships. As always, follow us at relationship411podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, we promise to give you the 411 about relationships. So you don't have to call 911 for yours. 